1: Guys, it's a great week to be a DC sports fan. I'm feeling about as high as I have felt, sort of at the DC sports landscape in in a while, like in in, in quite some time. They across the board. I think we should we should talk a little bit about it. Uh, it's Hog's Night of Borkcast. We got Dr. Chris Jones. Hello, everyone. And we got Bee Roomba. What's going on, all? So let's uh, let's go around the landscape. Right now, we are watching your Washington Nationals. Right, in they're putting a beat down. Well, okay, well, I'm gonna knock some wood here, real quick. It is still very early in this game. They're up on the Cardinals in Game Three of the National League Division Series, Championship Series. Holy cow! I. I have That's a, something I, that I keep forgetting. I have a mental they're block. They're so
2: close to the next round, which is I have absurd. a mental
1: block. I I just I'm just oh the Nationals are in the division series, no they're in the <laughs> they're in the championship series and they are up two games to nothing right now. Uh, we, we don't need to give you a blow-by-blow. You'll be listening to this after whatever has happened has happened. Don't tell us what's happened. No, no spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you guys have been watching a lot of the, oh the baseball right now?
2: I don't. Yeah, I mean I got into them as soon as they. Definitely flipped the switch uh, this season. They they definitely had a real rough start, but I, I became I've I've always been a fan, but they've been doing something special. These the playoff games months. have been very no, exciting. Playoff baseball is, and I was like I was getting bummed out because playoff baseball in DC is a lot of fun. Every pitch, every every hit is electric, and it's fun seeing this stand this this fan base packing this stadium and yeah. getting loud for everything.
0: I think I've probably watched more baseball. Uh, in the past two weeks, than
2: probably ever in my life. It's been, yeah. it's been a really good postseason too. It's there's yeah, been some great series.
1: The, but a lot of uh, f- five five game series in the division series. Uh, the it was the Yankees was the only one. The Yankees Minnesota was the only one that was over early. And you know, some part of me wishes that one someday the Nationals will just have a series just like that where. Uh, they just make quick work out of an opponent, and you can just move on. The Nats don't operate that way. I no, mean, no D.C. Yeah, team
0: really does no, it that it's way. To,
2: it's hard to ever have an easy, easy heart for a series. They
0: inch and claw their way into playoffs.
1: Is there... Again, I, the trivia. Who loves trivia? I guess people like trivia, but... I can't think of any D.C. sports teams that have swept a playoff round. Like... It, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, in a like in any series, any team, there's there's probably been a cap
2: sweep at some point. I can't. I know there's been at least a, a big one where they only had one loss.
0: Maybe outside yeah. of our like fandom, there's something like that has happened. But yeah, in recent memory, I can't think of anything.
1: I mean, the Nats, that fifth game of the. Division series against the Dodgers was some of the most, that was just so intense. And then Howie Kendrick coming through and hitting that grand slam, I don't know, I went bullish. It's still unbelievable. I, I still
2: can't believe it happened. It's just, you don't see that from DC Sports, that just total, you're feeling just we're done in four outs or however many we had left at the time is the eighth inning, but it just doesn't happen for dc ever it's just like you always see it happen against them it's something where they're just like should win a game and they lose it late but it for once it happened for us so it was just wonderful to see
0: yeah i actually didn't mind staying up until what 1 in the morning to oh, see yeah. that thing end and then after the game i wanted to continue to watch all the post post game stuff so, yeah, my, my blood pressure was going.
1: I was on Twitter until, like, oh 2, <laughs> two yeah. in the yeah. morning, just, like, liking every single tweet that I could. I was, I was
2: in bed, and then after the eighth inning, I was awake and out of bed, and then I watched the rest of the game, and I was on Twitter for the next half hour, just, like, going through all the good feels.
1: And like this team's flaws are documented, like the bullpen, except for two guys, a little bit suspect. But I'm gonna give Davey Martinez all the credit in the world. He has managed a hell of a postseason so far. Like his decisions have all planned out to take his starters and make them relievers. Every it just it's all kind of working for him. And I know people at different times have been kind of calling for his head. His decision making has been suspect. Like they haven't had the success that they would have liked, but. I'm going to give him all the credit he deserves for how well he has done so far. Absolutely. I mean, I, I wasn't
2: happy with him. I mean, nobody was happy with the team in, uh, whenever it was. At least uh, a start. before. Yeah, before the All-Star break. 19 and 31 yeah, to start the season. It's, it's hard to think, especially with the talent this team has. We all know how good they can be. Um, so it's just like, especially with letting Harper go, it's like, what mm-hmm. are, what's going to be the real state of this team now that we've lost our – coveted superstar but i mean it was the turnaround has been amazing and it's good to see it continue and i can't wait to see what happens next here
0: he's essentially coached the weak like the weak piece of their team out of the equation yeah they don't need to use their bullpen because they bring in starters for one out in the ninth or uh, they have two relievers that are now finally like hitting their stride. Yeah, Doolittle
1: and Hudson have just been incredible. But, you know, so much of the credit has to go just to the starting pitching. It yeah. has been, this is a team built around starting pitching, and they have, you know, when drafting Strasburg and then bringing Scherzer in in 2015, they sort of have tone set as a pitching first team, and we're seeing it right now. Like, you see why. The fact that you have your number four pitcher in Annabelle Sanchez going out and just throwing two dominant performances is—it's very encouraging. I mean, you don't want to count chickens before they hatch because you need a full team effort in order to be able to like get to where you need to be. But I'm just loving what I'm seeing, especially out of the pitch. They've been getting some real gems, and it's—it's it's been amazing that the,
2: they're not having to deal with relief pitching, and because just we know the thorn in the side that that's been for them this year, but. To see our starters going as deep as they're going in these games, it's been very... They're making making it much easier on the rest of the team to relax.
0: And the starters have done this against arguably one of the most dangerous lineups in the Dodgers. Yeah. So, so that was really impressive.
2: Yeah, that was... That Dodger team was so good. That was not an easy matchup. And, I mean, it went five innings and extra innings, but... And, or five games, extra innings, but... That was a hell of a
0: win, and their all-star was irrelevant. Yeah,
1: totally, totally just worked around all their hitting stars, and <laughs> the whole team is full of stars. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, Jock Peterson, such a talented player, you know, both in the field and on the, at the plate. Every, I mean, every single man for man on that team, I think the Nats matched up really well. I mean, some of that is a function of retrospect because they won, but part of me in the back, like deep down was like, you know, I don't know if they're going to win, but if they can make this competitive, you know, good, I guess. They turned it around. They won that wild card game, which was so much fun to watch also. Just going out there and winning that wild card. I mean, the fans are going just bananas for, for that win.
0: I um, mean, alright, so at the end of the seventh, Kershaw comes in mm-hmm. and I think takes three pitches to get Pass to Eaton or something, yeah. Uh, for the final uh, out,
1: t- turn Eaton. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think. Uh, yeah,
0: right. he finishes yeah. off Eat- the seventh. Yeah. yeah, this is like a week ago. I've forgotten it. <laughs> Go ahead. But I mean, like, which one of us thought, like, with Kershaw on the mu- on the mound, that like we could kind of come back in the eighth and the ninth? I I thought, and even the tenth, I thought it was
2: pe- like out of the picture. I didn't, I didn't realize the the bad history playoff Kershaw had. And just like, yeah, now he's going to go down even more. So it's like, that's probably one of the
1: worst collapses of a
2: late inning, best, greatest pitcher, maybe. He is
1: a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's probably the last guy in the Hall of Fame that you'd want on your (laughs) postseason roster like yeah, he just see it's, it's he,
2: amazing it's just the uh, it's a different game in the in October
1: he's so great but he just I, he actually you know a couple of years ago when they played the Dodgers in the first round he came out of the bullpen and and pitched pretty nicely i think he actually pitched in the clinching game against the Nats at Nats Park, yeah, they flash back to that a couple times, and I, I, I only remember that because I was at that game, and oh, they just put another guy on. Um, who who was the hero for the Nats in the yeah, Milwaukee game? I mean, Ryan Zimmerman had that. Oh, clutch, Zim. it was him. It was That's right. Okay. That clutch uh, twig breaker, and I mean Ryan oh, that's Zimmerman. Right. Yeah, I and then, completely Was about it Soto? That. Yeah, yeah, Soto. Yeah, yeah, Soto. yeah, yeah, yeah he hit okay. it through the that poor guy out in uh, out in right field. You know, got right under his glove, and then they scored the winning run. Oh yeah, I forgot about They're that game. Comparing <laughs> it to Buckner. Mm-hmm. So I mean, right now it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, full disclosure, we're watching right now, so maybe half our attention is a little bit sidetracked. But it, it's fun to talk DC sports when teams are doing well. And speaking, of, well, all right, let's just we'll go around the horn. I for me, when the, the pivot point for the Nats was in, I think it was the ninth inning of that game five. Who else but John Walton tweeted, it's okay to believe, which was kind of his rallying cry around the Caps in 2018 when they won that Stanley Cup. And it's was like, all right, it is okay to believe. It's okay to believe. And, uh, you know, the Caps now a year removed from having won a cup. They had a pretty nice season. They ended up falling in the first round to a, a really competitive Carolina Panthers team, and they're starting the season. They they started hot. They have a couple of weaknesses. You know, Braden Holtby were kind of feeling out, but the core of that team is still there. Uh, They have some new pieces. Part of me is like, it's still so early that it's hard to really evaluate and and like go put your full heart into it but at the same time you're like okay these points matter as much now as they do at the end of the season but it's it's just great to have the caps back on too you know yeah
2: no I'm, I'm the same way i always feel like it is too early but at the same time all those all those games early on i'm like these points probably do matter we're gonna think back to when the playoff race really heats up in a few months but i don't know i still i watch every game and i'm still nervous just like all right we need a big two points here even though it's I don't know. Seventy games from postseason. Well, you're
0: in. invested in that game. It's it's understandable that you'd wanna want to win that game and not really think ahead
2: yeah but still i'm just like all right this is a tough opening schedule the caps have probably yeah, win they probably yeah they really four of their did. first 10 here just to stay competitive even though they're they're off to a great start
1: already they took a lot of i mean what was it they took points in each of their first six six. Uh, four zero oh, and two yeah
2: they took points but they arguably no they definitely should have taken uh, a few more because they they have a bad trend right now of blowing late leads
0: yeah, at home, they have yet to walk away with a
1: win. That's true.
2: Do they really? Yeah. All right. Well, how many home games? Three? three. three. Oh okay. and 0-3. Yeah, we watched them lose their first game Carolina today. was bad. That was that was the worst when they had a late 2-0 lead.
1: That kind of reminds me a couple years ago of the Caps, where it was just like, gosh, just like play a little bit of defense at the end of the game. Yeah. no, just
2: like close it out once. Just like let us not have to stress, and just we can believe that you guys can get the job done here.
1: I think overall, though, you look at that team and – you can, I don't want to again count chickens, but you can kind of forecast them as being back in the playoffs, especially in this division, a competitive division. But there's no, re, I mean, there's no glaring weakness to me that says like, oh, they can't make the playoffs because of this. They they have sort of a good roster up and down the roster, makes you say this is probably a playoff team, right?
0: I agree, barring some unforeseen injury or something like that. But yeah, I would I would put them into the playoffs with their level of talent and experience. They look good to make a run.
2: They're a team we know can get hot too. And I think right now they've started out pretty pretty well, but I think they're going to be angry with their start. So I think they're going to go on a little run here at some point, hopefully, when the, the schedule kind of eases up on them. But I also don't think they've found their groove yet even. They're, no. they're, they're grabbing yeah. points early, which is awesome because you never want to be in the in a tight spot early in the season and kind of have questions about your your roster, or your coaching staff. So I think they're they're kind of grooving right now. You don't want to you don't want to go on any losing streaks here obviously, but I think they, they got the right roster still. So I'm feeling pretty good about them.
1: And I frankly don't mind if they are flying. I don't want to say they fly under the radar cuz they they never do. But those seasons where like they were coasting to Presidents' Trophies and didn't have to play a meaningful hockey game since like January for the Caps team that won the Stanley Cup, you know, they they had to fight to get there. And I think to know, have those sort of mental, you know, the mental muscle memory a little bit of feeling comfortable having to, like, elevate your effort, I do think there is a benefit to that. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: December, I remember, we thought Trotz was going to be fired. Yeah. Uh, he almost
1: was if you read that piece that came out after the season. Like, they if yeah, they had lost that, like, Minnesota they were, like, in the midst of a losing streak. If they had lost one more game, you're right, Chris. Like, they pro- he probably would have gotten the can. And, like, then what? And it, I don't know what happened in the playoffs,
0: but it seems in the playoffs he kind of changed his, cult, like, coaching attitude. He started to give, like, Rana Burakoski more yeah. you know, more chances in the offensive zone. They started cr- to create. I don't know. He, he started to coach – like, there's nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And it really opened up for them.
1: Uh, I think he th- knew one way or another he was not coming back. And so he kind of was coaching like he had nothing to lose.
0: Yeah, it's still kind of ridiculous that we couldn't pony up to keep him around. But uh, that's I, another topic.
1: I
2: think it was it was a time for a change. Um, I still haven't seen all that I want to see out
1: of the new guy, Reardon, yeah, uh, Reardon. Uh, yeah. if he's new anymore. <laughs> I don't think he is. Yeah, you know? but like, The honeymoon is over. Yeah.
2: So, but I, I think I was listening to Elliot in the morning, um, and part of his giveaways sometimes is to go bring a fan into the Caps locker room and announce the like starting lineup. That's kind of cool. But he said he got to go into Reardon's office, and he was like, Rudin was just, like, the chillest guy ever. He was just much more relaxed and, like, settling into the job. So, I think he can relax now. Like, the team has got through the first year. The expectations are a little bit lower. Um, they're obviously not repeat champions. No. But they're still contenders, and I think that's all you need. You just need to get to the playoffs because an eight seed is as good as a one seed minus the home advantage. So, Anyone has a chance, and that's what I love about. And you know,
1: hockey. we have to appreciate. We constantly have to appreciate and like take a step a step back and just be like, you know what, we are fans of a team that has the greatest player in DC sports history, I would argue, and one of the greatest goal scorers in the history of the sport, and Alex Ovechkin. Look out, and we're, Wayne! Where I know you've you know what. It's not unreasonable for him to, like, make a little bit of a run. I, you know, still a couple years off to be able to fully project whether or not it's feasible for him to get there. I I just, every once in a while, I just go, I just try to remind myself how happy and how glad I am that we get to watch Alex Ovechkin play night in and night out and get to cheer for him. You know, it's it's awesome. I'm just... It's, we're almost used to it at this point, but there's going to be a time when we're not going to get to see him play anymore. I'm going to be very sad when that day comes, so it's it's good to enjoy that while you can.
2: And I think the best part about that is, I mean, we're all from here, so we, we love him to death, but I think the whole narrative around him has totally changed now that he has a cup. Absolutely. I just love NHL.com or whoever will tweet Another goal highlight of him and now it's always like people signing their responses being like, I don't even like him, I'm a Flyers fan, but that's a hell of a goal. Yeah. Or no, they don't even say I don't even like him anymore. They're always like I've always liked O V but lots of people like him I know. from other teams like yeah, it's like other teams. His approval rating is through the roof. O V o- for president. O V um. for president. <laughs> It's just fun to see because, I mean, he's a very likable player. I mean, if, who doesn't like a very talented goal scorer that can also, like, throw you through the glass? So. And plays with his heart on his sleeve. Yeah, I mean. I mean, the emotion is there always. So it's it's fun to watch, and I think we're just – it's amazing we get to see him 82
1: times a year for the most part. I mean, the just the, team, the teamwork and the camaraderie and sort of the relationships that he's built. I mean, he's a dad now. And so he's like one of these caps dads. You got Nick Backstrom out there, also as a caps dad. I mean, obviously TJ Oshie's uh, brood of children wearing their designer clothing on Instagram. Like that's a whole thing. Who's that? Holpe Oshie. Oshie. <laughs> Can you ever what you see? Follow Lauren Oshie on Instagram. No, I don't. Okay. Oh, it's a whole. It's a trip. Um, he's about to have a son, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's got what two two girls? Two daughters. On? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just I think we're you know it's a young season, but that's a team that is fun to watch and root for because of just like how good they have been and how fun they are to watch on a daily basis. Like you can watch a Caps game and have that be worth your while. So yeah,
0: yeah. And I just wanted to to draw this comparison, but we're we're watching the Nats and every time they hit a single they do the baby shark and there's such like that uh, uh, the dugout camaraderie I mean we see that with the Caps as well when they do like there's the video of the pregame like warm ups before yeah. they head out into the ice and the, the locker room after a big win and everything and it, you just I don't know you enjoy watching people that enjoy playing the game yeah it's infectious yeah it is And that's something that both of these two teams have in spades. And I think it rubs off on all of us.
1: Now, another team that I have just really come to love watching last year or so and also love the way that they love each other are your champion, Washington Mystics, winning their first WNBA championship over the Connecticut Sun, this past week, we ha- we're we friends with some big-time Mystics fans. We'll give uh, Lila a little shout-out. She she was, I think, the one who kind of turned us on to the Mystics. Um, Chris, I know you were able to watch some of it. I watched the entire our entirety of Game 4 and Game 5 of the championship, and those were some really competitive... Yeah, those, that's a great championship. Don is a baller. Oh, my God. Misamin is a baller. Natasha Cloud. That's a hell of a name, a by the baller. way. Baller. I know. It was so much fun. I don't know. I just, like... Those games were a fucking
2: sellout. Sorry about my were, language. Uh, no. But the fans were going nuts, and who else was in the stands there for those games? Anyone? See?
1: John Wall. Yeah, they, had, they had
2: a couple wizards there. That was, it's, that's what I love, I think, the most about DC sports, the fact that, like, there's inner team support. Like, you see it with the Caps and the Nats a lot. Yeah. The, um,
0: the Caps are passing around the Nats yeah, uh, batting the helmet. helmet. Yeah. I love that.
2: Yeah. And last year, I think, when the Nats were maybe missing the playoffs and the Caps were in it, Davey was always wearing a Caps hat. Yep, that's Adam right. Adam Eaton's a major Caps fan. And, so, and uh, Scherzer
1: and yeah. Ryan
0: Zimmerman were dressed up Remember during how the playoffs. They
1: go bananas. Yeah. For those ca- And Dela
0: Don throughout the first pitch of tonight's game. She no, did. she no,
1: she's doing uh, game, game, four. Four. game oh, four. Game four. I'm so sorry. that that was awesome. And uh, Ov throughout the Dodgers. first pitch of game five. Dodgers game four. New game four. Yeah. You're right. Um, yeah, seeing uh, Brad Beal and John Wall just going crazy along the baseline, watching their their counterparts. I mean. You know they share a building with each other. Yeah. That that faci- that facility which it, is brand new. That's brand new, yep. Um I would love to make it out there. I've heard a couple of my friends have gone and they love
2: it. They uh, there's a good deal. I think you can when you have kids, you can bring kids and they get on the court for free. Oh, cool. And then you get tickets and it's like 40 bucks, but you get to like be on the court with the players. I don't know how it works. I don't know how the players are giving their time to the fans before the game, but it's it sounds like a good deal.
1: Those tickets were very expensive. Yeah, they were like 115 That's awesome. That's, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's awesome to hear. People, they deserve it. They really do. And just seeing how excited they were, and like how just like amped up they, and like you said, that was a great game of basketball. So yeah, the Mystics finally winning their first championship. It's the very first time that they that they made it all the way through. I mean, they made it to the finals last year and lost to okay. the Seattle and Seattle.
2: Was Dylan down on the team then, or she they brought was, her last year?
1: but Misaman was playing overseas, uh, and so she came back and, like, I think really completed, you know, finals MVP. She was a, a difference maker. The coach, has, he's been around for a long time. Yeah, one of the winningest coaches yeah. in WNBA history, and then finally also gets his first. So that's, yeah, that was kind of cool to hear about how the – players really wanted to win it for this guy
2: because it's about time
1: (laughs) and you know when we talk about the wizards kind of tough sledding for them i think we can count this offseason as a victory they fired ernie grunfeld after like 20 years of misery they maybe are starting to turn a little bit of a corner i don't think the expectations for them are super high this year they have a, a
0: pretty far way to go
1: they do um you know they got rui achimura first round of the draft justin robinson he is Uh, a that's right you got a virginia tech local guy they've had some good days behind them they're gonna have some tough days ahead of them but you know you talk about sort of those monumental teams the mystics and the wizards and your world champion not this year but last year washington valor right that's right that's That's right. right I mean things are, are good. I mean DC United's we DC United DC United. That's right. Oh, yeah, they're, they're Heading to the playoffs. Yeah, when does that start up? I think it's this weekend. They're playing Toronto. That's this weekend? Oh. I think oh, that's hell right, yeah. yeah, regular season's over.
0: I always see like Koozie and O V always hanging out
1: with like D C United players. Yeah, so. Rooney's
2: on yeah. This is his last year, so it's uh, send know. him off in style. This
1: is it. I mean he's got something to prove a little bit right now. I, I mean going to the those games have been a blast when you're in the building. Did you guys ever go when they were at RFK? Yeah, I went um,
2: twice. Uh, once like 15 years ago, and the other time was like three years ago. But mm-hmm. it was uh, we got a good deal with um, like the Fighting Eagles, or Screaming the, Eagles. Yeah, too. yeah. So they had a, it was like a ticket, a shirt, and a barbecue and craft beer for 30 bucks. And uh, it was a good ticket. They didn't score in the game, uh-huh. so that was my uh, my one fault of that day. But, uh, yeah, I've been to two of the last three games they've been shut out, so maybe I just shouldn't go anymore. <laughs>
1: maybe. I mean, those Audi, Audi Field, it's like a it's a, a premier. It's, it's like a, a class. Beautiful stadium. Class stadium. Yeah, they, did, they deserve nice. it. I think expectations are going to be a little bit mixed for them in the playoffs. It'll just be kind of cool to see. Them send Rooney off. as a team with like great defense and not a ton of creators on offense. So, it's it's cool what he did too. I mean, sure. They
2: were not drawing well, but no. now, now they're they're a hot ticket in town again. So it's it's fun to see. It's good to see a lot of the soccer support here.
1: So that's pretty much it, right?
2: Yeah, I think we touched up on all of them. Okay. So.
1: All right. Well, uh, in that case, should we take a quick break? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay.
2: Yeah. Nats game is uh, still going on, boys.
1: So I guess there was one team that we failed to mention. Oh, really? Um I'm told I'm told that there is. What? <sighs> Washington Redskins. Who? Yeah. Enough said. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Um, There is a lone dark spot on the D.C. sports horizon right now. It is the Washington Redskins. We have not been on in a couple of weeks. We we got our lives to live. We got playoff baseball to watch. Um, As we alluded to in our last segment, we have plenty else going on. um, But... Between the last time we were on the air and now, there has been a regime change for the Redskins. We kind of felt it was inevitable, but Jay Gruden is out, O-U-T, out as the head coach of the old ball club. Good for him. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, good for him. Yeah. (laughs) it's, It's tough because the way I think about it, It obviously wasn't working. But I don't know if it can work any better.
2: I think of all the times I kind of wanted him to be fired, now it wasn't even it. Like, I think I could have seen it happening more maybe last year or the year before, just with, like, the general disappointment and just inefficiency of the team. But he's always had that kind of, like, we never really had a full squad. Injuries always were the issue, but sure, yeah. Like even so, this year, like we lose Geis again early. Um, Jordan Reed's not there. I don't know. Jordan I don't Williams know if we'll ever out. see Jordan, Jordan yeah, Reed play. I, I don't think we, I think he's probably done, uh, which is terrible because he was like a superstar. Yeah, I, I honestly
0: don't mind it with his history. I'm I know. I, I want him starting be, to get like
1: a I little want him concerned. To be
0: healthy.
2: Gruden,
1: you know, like his. I think his time as coach of the Redskins is a, like a lot of what ifs. He. They were, like, the most injured team across the league for a number of years. And it's just like, oh, well, he would get another champs. Yeah, maybe it benefited him. Yeah, he probably stuck around longer because there was a lot of those what-ifs.
2: Like, I, I'd be curious to see what any other head coach could have done with the roster that he was given. Um, but at the same time, I just think it's it's time for a change. And I don't, I don't really agree that he was the guy that should have got the ax, but... Something needed to change, and I think it's it's best for both organization, him, and the Redskins that just the change was made. Best of luck to him. I think I think he'll land. It'll, a, it'll uh, be okay. He'll He'll land a good gig. He'll be
1: an offensive coordinator. I think he'll probably go to Oakland and yeah, play. For, work his, with his work for his brother. for his brother. The
2: Gruden Bros. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, this firing does nothing for me. Mm. Uh, it doesn't solve any problems, and it's just the the next next man up, next man on the chopping block for the for the Redskins. I mean, it doesn't address Bruce Allen. It doesn't address Dan Snyder. Um, so the next coach up is going to be the next coach fired. <laughs> essentially, is but how I what's I, how.
1: there to address the the culture is.
2: Culture's damn, damn
1: fine. (laughs) It's funny because we're we. I mean, we spent the entire first part of this show talking about teams whose cultures are damn good, and I did. I was able to watch some of that Bruce Allen press conference before I was like sick to my stomach. I was like, God, this guy just does not get it. He doesn't get it. I could not believe the way he seemed surprised. At questions that seemed, I'll, I'm, first of all, I'm going to give the DC media a ton of credit, sports media a ton of credit for like asking him some challenging questions. They didn't let him skate. It has been five years since he has done a press conference, and that's like five years worth of questions that were built up. He got asked tough questions, but just like he like
0: th- separated himself from from the team.
1: Like, I don't know, he took no ownership. He didn't, he took no ownership. It's like, you are the president of this team. You are inextricably linked to its fate. So if, I I, I was really, it was pretty galling to see him just go up there and deflect and deflect and deflect. It. And, I mean, the the, real, the one that really got me, that really got me, Is it the one
0: he laughed at? Like, he tried to, like, make
1: a joke. Yeah, well, I mean, his jokes landed flat for sure. Yeah. But then when someone asked him about, well, how come there were so many Patriots fans at that game? He goes, well, you know, season ticket holders were just trying to make a quick buck. It's like, you have the balls to blame what of this once great fan base is still left for, like the experience of going to a game, like, that is, it's sickening to me. It's, like, really, truly disgusting that you can, and part of me is, like, I wish I could live in the fantasy world that he lives in, where, like, everything is fine, but it is not, and it's really upsetting.
0: Yeah, it seems, I don't know, it seems like him and Dan just have... Cocktails at the end of the night and talk about what's wrong with everybody else and
2: can't look inward and, and they they do that when they're driving out of the ballpark together right yeah. after the game. And they drove out from
1: inside th- of
2: the stadium and then they're they're deciding to fire Jay at five a.m. the next morning. That's
1: that was terrible. And I can't remember who tweeted it, and, you know, there's been so many tweets, but someone, you know, the expression, like, it's like shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. Someone said that Firing Jay was, like, throwing a deck chair off the side of the Titanic. It's like, you're getting to the same place, you're just getting there a little bit quicker. And I think, Chris, you're right. Like, And I think what's a lot... next?
0: Yeah, right? I feel like uh, a lot of fans well we're fans we're fans so i feel a lot of people and i've read it online feel the same that we do and it's gotten to the point where a lot of the fans just want to see chaos they want to see the worst possible outcome so that somehow it gets up to bruce allen i mean right now they're one in five and that's to me a fireball offense for a coach sure if they go uh two wins for the whole season does it does it ever is there a certain amount of success this season that ever gets to Bruce Allen's level
1: and that's a that's a really good question like what can fans do like what needs what
2: can be done. We need to have one of those like fundraiser charts and just keep scratching out red more higher and higher until the win column stays at one. But that's not going
1: to do it. I mean, they you be counting losses. <laughs> yeah. That's right. One of the things that I I did appreciate, and you know, I, I tip my cap to uh, the the local media who was at that Bruce Allen press conference and really asking him some challenging questions, was I really liked seeing. You know, for better or for worse, there was a lot of attention paid on a national level to how kind of bad things have gotten. And, you know, we're not here. We're not asking for pity. We don't need other people's empathy. But it's good when Scott Van Pelt is talking about how sad things are. And, like, when the attention, you know, when it becomes more than just a DC issue, maybe there's a chance that some but it's like what is something? Something can change, but what is something? And I don't I don't really know the answer to that question, and that's kind of disappointing to me. It's frustrating. I think is I think SVP,
2: he's from the DC area. He is, he's a big time Maryland. So guy. it makes more yeah. sense that it is getting the, that that national attention, but at the same time it is like this is one of the most valuable football franchises. It is. But they're Total garbage the last couple of years, and it's it's sad to see. It's like we got this fan base that's just dying for a competitive team, but we're not seeing it ever. And
1: and they're getting it. It was close last year before Alex Smith through all of those other teams that we talked about at the beginning. I mean, yeah, D- yeah. DC, I, I uh, was gonna say like maybe if if the bottom line starts to
0: get uh, Dan Snyder's attention, but as we talked in a previous episode, like with the tv deals and yeah. everything baked in it's so difficult for him not to turn a profit
1: it is and uh well so i mean let's just get right into it we we you alluded to it the Redskins they have won their first game of the season Woo-hoo. um in like the the most dramatic fashion ever. the suck bowl i don't even know what people are garbage the garbage tank bowl tank bowl. Tank bowl yeah. All I have to say about it is the biggest difference between the Redskins and the Dolphins are, it is very obvious to me that the Dolphins are not trying to win, or at least their ownership is not trying to win and don't expect to. The Redskins' ownership is trying and expects to win. So the fact that that was even a competitive football game.
0: Well, Brian, we're one one move away.
1: Just one guy away. Yeah. Just one guy away. We're right there same that same refrain but uh, i mean i don't i do i like it when they win more than when they like it when they lose i th- i do i don't feel i don't feel great <laughs> like it shouldn't have been as damn close as it was yeah, the, you know they were seconds away from i mean from losing that football game if i'm
2: honest i kind of wanted them to lose and it's just just to kind of further ignite the fire that this team is not good You're losing to the worst team in the league. You could arguably say that we still are kind. We beat them by one, but who even wants to win one or zero games in a season? I mean, the season is pretty much lost. Which is no, I can't even say that yet because the NFC East—it's pretty bad. The NFC East is—that's what makes this a lot harder—is if they weren't zero and five, or now one and five. They they could have a, a realistic shot at, at winning the division, but their start just kind of buried them, and that's what kind of sucks. It's just like they had a chance, they maybe still do, but they have yeah. to win out basically. The
0: the Eagles are not what we thought they were. No, uh, Cowboys have died off, and I think the Giants are gonna tread water. The Giants
2: could win the division, and I'm rooting for them. I think. Because I don't think the skins are going to do it, but I don't like the eagles. I don't like the
1: cowboys. I'm rooting for the media. I'm rooting for Daniel Jones. I like that kid to hit the earth. I mean, I think what I root for is, I don't think the players are active. I mean, the play. I root for the players. Like, I like Jonathan Allen. I like Chris Thompson. I lo- I like Darius Geis. He's not healthy. I love Terry McLaurin. I you know I like I love Ryan Kerrigan. I like the players and I like want them to be happy. You saw after the Patriots loss, Chris Thompson when he was talking about Jake Rudin, knowing that the firing was coming. He was you know, he was breaking down a little bit as Ross, at his uh, at his locker. And I don't know, like I don't I don't want to have to see that. I don't I don't wish that for them, but it's very challenging for me to be able to separate my distaste for Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder, for like I really do appreciate these players. Like they, you know they're going out there and trying, and like they seem like good guys. And I don't know, it's 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 a hard thing to think about. So I really I like these guys, but this team doesn't make it easy. And you know they, they go out there and they win in a non-competitive game that you know, across football is considered kind of a laughing stock. To be honest, I don't. F- I feel neutral, frankly. I feel they're slightly better than bad, but it's it's hard to get too amped up against like a like barely winning against the Dolphins.
0: I'll I'll put myself on the bus a little bit. Uh, I view myself as a fan first, but uh, these past couple of weeks, uh, I haven't been trying to watch the game at all. Um, it's been gorgeous out, so yeah. Fall, so fall in DC. We're we're trying to get in the last bit of golf that we can. Um, so we've been in the in the courses, um, and we, I mean we're keeping up with the game on our phones, of course, um, because we are interested. But uh, the product on the field is so bad that it's I'd much rather be spending my time uh, doing another activity than watching the game.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm right there with Jonesy. I was golfing with him <laughs> the last two two Sundays. I've been golfing just because I figured we were going to lose to the Patriots. Uh, yeah, we knew that outcome. And I thought we would have beat the. Uh, it was kind of competitive in the first yeah. quarter for we what were, it, yeah. for we what it is worth. We were we were about to get started and we heard uh, the clubhouse going up oh, up. Oh, Redskins are up seven nothing because uh, we had that Russian the touchdown.
0: Sims end the round. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's gotten to a point where it's. Just for the last few years, at least for me, my watching experience, it's always been such a draining. Like, at least last year, even though they were winning, they were up 6-3, I feel like they never were
1: a team that just blew a team out ever. Yeah, it was always a, a close game. Would win. Yeah, and, and they would just, yeah, they yeah, somehow and win. And seeing like, oh. them do that against one of, this Dolphins team is going to be considered one of the worst football teams of all time. And, yeah, I feel that with you. It's, it's tough because like, you don't owe the team anything. You don't owe them your time. You don't owe them your money. I don't know. Like, I, I think there is, in some circles, historically, there's been kind of this like fetishization of fandom. Like, oh, well, I was there when they were bad, and I kept on watching, even though they sucked. And like, so only I deserve to be able to reap the benefits of them being good. Because... Theoretically, you know time time is infinite. The Redskins will be around for a while. Theoretically at some point might not be in our lifetime, at some point they'll be good. And so there's gonna be someone who said, Oh, you didn't support them when they were bad. Like you don't deserve to be here when they're good. Right. And we've seen that with a couple You yeah, know, we I mean they're caps fans mean, who talk about. Yeah, that the, way. the whole cap series, I mean, people were like complaining
0: all these they're just bandwagon fans and now is we me we've all been fans from the Caps like since we were middle school or yeah, before kids, yeah, for sure. and i mean being like i welcomed all those bandwagon fans i wanted people to experience the high of running down middle dc like arms wide open cheering about the caps drinking with cops watching us <laughs> yeah drink probably <laughs> cheers and cops I yeah. them,
2: but i'm sure they were having a good time like i
0: want
1: i want to share that with people and you know what? Like, life is short. There are only so many Sundays you're going to get over the course of your lifetime. And, like, you know, <laughs> it's like some existential whatever. But at the same time, like, I don't, Chris, like, I'm not going to put you on blast for not watching the games. And I, I think anyone who does, it's not worth your time, you know? Yeah. I feel the same way. I didn't watch the game. I had my, you know, my girlfriend's parents were in town. and We spent a nice day together. We went and had a... Great brunch down at Le Diplomat. You know, just like until this team proves that they are worthy of the dedication and time that fans have given them in the past, I don't know. Look, we obviously care. We're going to continue to pay attention. We're going to watch as much as we can. We're going to watch highlights. We'll read. All that other stuff. talk about it every week. We'll talk about it. uh, Well, maybe not every week. Informed or not, as much as we can. And we... I I don't know about you guys, but I enjoy doing this. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just... I mean, I brought that up because I felt like we're not the only ones. And if, if the Redskins can't even get local kids to watch them on TV... How the hell are they going to get them into the stadium yeah, to watch them live?
2: It's getting bad where I already don't really want to go watch them live. But if I don't even want to watch them on
1: TV live, then that's that's not a good thing. I've not been to FedEx Field in, I think, for a regular season game in maybe a decade. And I used to have season tickets, and we gave them up. And I know, I know a number of other people who were fans even when they were good. I mean, one of my closest friends, he remembers all three Super Bowls and fought real hard to finally get season tickets and really, honestly, had to sacrifice, make some choices financially to, to get those tickets and still decided to do it thinking that they were going to like be in his family and then after a couple of seasons gave him up because he kind of saw the reality of it. No, honestly. But the fact is, all right, so I guess let's just get, let's, let's, we're in the here and now. What are your guys' expectations for the next, right now it's October. What are your expectations between now and, I'm not going to say February, because I don't think, I mean, we're, we're pretty much in consensus that they're not going to make the playoffs. Oh, no. Super what? what would you say? I sneezed. okay. Between now, what are your expectations between now and today, next year? A full year from now. So they're going to have a draft and a free agency, and, like, theoretically they're bringing in a new head coach. Like, where can you reasonably expect, with all those unknowns, that they will be 365 days from now? Uh,
0: For me, I think they'll have... um one top five pick added to the roster and I see them struggling to be 500 again I mean I to me we'll see what they do in the offseason I mean obviously they have a couple of big numbers still on the books but with whatever changes they make I, I don't see any any drastic changes it's it's got to be gradual and they they got to start one step at a time and just make, make the, the right step forward because right now it's pretty much rock bottom.
2: So, that, so that's what you see. What do you want to see, though? Because that's I can I can speak to that. All right, well, what do you want to? See? I want to see a team that, obviously for me, gets me excited every Sunday again. Um, but just a team that. Well, we're not that,
1: talking about ten years now. We're talking about three hundred sixty-five. yes. Yeah, no, right I'm saying
2: just a team. I think in a year there could be enough changes made at that point i think we could start seeing haskins hopefully starting regularly a team that at least can compete and uh, the defensive struggles we've seen this year i hope uh, i don't know if there's going to be a change made in that area but just the identity to come back to that that area because they were they were a pretty strong point last year and they have not shown the same they had a good week against miami but that's miami so Let's see them kind of close out the season strong and kind of work into something for next year. We got to start thinking about building already on what's going to be coming because this season I think we can all agree is pretty much lost yeah. unless something miraculous happens. So build now. Um, they have tons of time. Like we haven't really had this bad a season where it's pretty obvious nothing's going to happen. So I hope that they're going to use the extra weeks because usually we're about 500 where that, that what is it that record that's. It's, we're probably
1: below it now. Well finally. below it, yeah. yeah. They're not a 500 organization. So now
2: hopefully that, that can give us a little bit more to, to clearly make some, some differences and changes in the offseason. So I just want to have a team that can line up each Sunday and uh, just compete.
0: What I want to see is some structure, specifically with the, the front office. Maybe a GM can, can come into the building. Sure. Just have... Football people <laughs> making football decisions. It's not going to happen, but that's what I want to see.
1: That's a good answer. I think that's what we all want to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think my one thing that I would like to see them do b- between now and next year is if we're talking about things that are reasonable, I def- I agree with you, Chris. Like I hope they can bring in... Someone to make some football decisions. We know that these you know the leadership in Jay and Bruce are like very power hungry. They like to nitpick. They seem to think things are fine. I hope. I don't know if it'll happen. I hope it'll happen. I think from a practical standpoint, and this really pains me to say, I kind of hope they trade Trunk Williams. Not because I don't want to see him here. Conversely, like I hope, he, I wish he would just come back and play, but because I know he won't, and I want to see them get some value for him and not just have him walk away for nothing. I would love to see Darius Geis get healthy and be a starter. And I mean, we're what six games in? If we're six games into next season, I want to see Darius Geis playing all six of those games, and I think I want to see. Jordan Reed. I mentioned I want to see Jordan Reed retire because I want him to think about his long-term health. I mean, it's um, the number of concussions that he's had is kind of scary to me. I don't think there's anything left for him to play for. And I, I think it helps the Redskins to move on as well. Yeah, you don't want to have to plan around him. At the very least, like go out and get and draft a, a like a top-tier tight end. Yeah,
0: re- receiving playmaker tight end. Yeah. Sprin-
1: Sprinkle does things well, but you know, he's not a playmaker. You know, if you can go out and draft like a uh, TJ Hawkinson type, like a guy who can really be a top tier tight end, do it. I mean, I guess, you know, those are the bars kind of low, but those are the things that I really hope to see because those are the things that I believe can happen. And we'll see if they do. We still got a lot of season left, and we're going to be back here. You know, things may not be so hot right now. And we're saying this, mind you, after a win, but I think we'll start things off. We'll, we'll, I think we'll close things out the way we started things off by saying right now is a good time to be a DC sports fan. So for Bijroomba.
2: Yeah, best of luck to the skins the rest of the way. I hope they uh,
1: start to form an identity.
2: And go with it. Uh, but uh, I hope everyone is watching the Nats and enjoying the run they're on, and uh, I hope to see it continue.
1: And for Dr. Chris Jones, let's go, Nats. Brian from Hogs Haven. Hope you all stay in the fight. This was Hogs Night, a podcast.